0: Welcome to Coffee in an Interview. I'm Jacqueline Pena, and I'm here today with Tamanta Leary, founder of Class Updates, an edtech startup. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Glad to be here with you. Good morning. How are you? Good
0: morning. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've followed your journey for a little bit with class updates over the years and have been impressed with the development of this tool. And I thought we can start by let's tell people what is class updates first and then we can tell them why you started this particular startup.
1: Sure. So class updates is, uh, well, we're a startup company, um, but we also have an application, a mobile communication application for uh, teacher and student communication uh, that was essentially created uh, out of frustrations uh, from students not receiving notifications and important information about their classes. So, um, you know, in order to address that issue, um, class updates was birthed. And uh, essentially it works by um, you know, the, the uh, teacher or professor will uh, create their class, have the students um, join the class or subscribe as we call it. And then at that point, um, the teacher will be connected with all of the students who, um, who subscribe to the class uh, and able to communicate with them via push notifications uh, to any mobile device in real time. So that's kind of how class updates works.
0: Nice, and um, I think when we were talking about class updates and when I played around with it, there was a particular audience you had in mind. So um, in terms of a mobile app that sends push notifications and keeps the class engaged, what was that age group or particular setting that you were looking at?
1: Yeah, so we're focused on um, mainly the higher higher, uh, education space. Um, The more, I guess you could say, you know, older, you know, mature learner, as opposed to, you know, like the K through 12 space. Um, We also have so in our database, we have every every high school, college and university uh, in the country. And so um, we do have um, I should say high school teachers also have the ability to to use uh, class updates as well and to try it. But our 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 main uh, audience that we're really trying to uh, focus on right now is actually uh, the higher education space. Um, it, it always has been. Um, and, you know, in particular with uh, the transition of all of higher ed essentially going virtual due to, uh, you know, due to COVID, it makes, you know, the utility... <clears throat> And, and the efficacy of our of, of our, our application that much more um, that much more uh, important and significant. Not that it wasn't important before, because it's always important for um, students to stay connected, you know, with with their teachers and teachers to be able to, you know, and teachers to communicate with their students, you know, COVID nineteen or not. But uh, essentially, uh, but especially right now. Um, You know, we're finding that, you know, that connection is even more important with the, you know, virtual setup, you know, on the the virtual learning only. Um, In my opinion, you know, as many as many tools and resources as as necessary should be used to to stay connected with our with our our students at this time and that's all that's k-12 higher ed that's you know the 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 whole gamut the whole the whole spectrum of of education so um that means that educators need to get creative need to try um, new tools like class updates in order to in order to do that and um, obviously, there are there are other tools and resources out there as well, um, communication tools, engagement tools, um, you know, beyond just you know, kind of the the, the traditional uh, ways that 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 have been used. Um, I, I think right now is a really good way or get time to um, try some new some new tools and try some new things. Um in order to, in order to you know foster that engagement and, and to keep uh, you know, keep students in the in the loop they they need to feel uh, connected and they need to feel um, like their communication is not you know going down some black hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, so a lot of a lot of isolation and a lot of you know, loneliness and withdrawals, things like that. And, and you know, I think class updates could even address, you know, those issues in, 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 in certain ways as well. Again, just with the, um, the ability to send positive reinforcement messages, the ability to, um, you know, make sure the students are, um, you know, if they don't have any questions. And if so, that, you know, you're able to, you know, address them in a timely way. Um, That's one of the ways that uh, educators that have been using class updates. That's one of the ways, one of the reasons why um, they find it really convenient and why they like it is that you know students can essentially ask some questions you know that maybe they didn't ask in the class or you know pretty much right there in real time and they can you know just like respond right you know right there um, using the app as opposed to having to go into LMS and. post an announcement or see if there's any messages from the students or, you know, check the email, which is fine, you don't have to do that anyway. But again, the, you know, kind of the real-time communication aspect um, is, is, you know, the, is the benefit over like, you know, email or, um, obviously you know, when it comes to text messaging, that's, that's real-time too, but again, texting um, involves, you know, phone numbers. And, um, you know, sometimes students and educators don't feel comfortable with um, with that. And it's just a lot to hassle for me to have to keep up with 20, 25 different phone numbers every class. <laughs> so <laughs> that many phone numbers and, you know, store them and this, you know, with their name and, okay, this is this person's number, this is this person's number. That's pretty, it's got to be a better way. So that's, you know, that's a big headache. So. Um, it's about efficiency too.
0: Mm. You you bring up so many interesting points. Uh, I, I want to start with engagement because we know positive engagement experiences lead to long term retention, persistence, completion, and um, even in my own study um, it, ten years ago, and I'm doing kind of a revisit of the study. Uh, hopefully, it'll be coming out by December. Um, Looking at engagement and student success, I was looking at generation 1.5 specifically, but all students, faculty, that connection with faculty was one of the top relationships that really helped with persistence, retention, persistence, completion, and also uh, with peers and class updates here is a way For me to put in that personal touch as an educator and reach out to students. And I thought that was very interesting that you talked about uh, engagement. You talked about loneliness and withdrawal and something that might help students through that process because you're constantly engaging them, communicating with them, not in an announcement, not in a big post, not in a, you know, social media. I'll get into that in a bit Um, you know, message to everyone, but literally like, hey, it's Wednesday, just checking to see how you're all doing. And just a reminder that the papers due Friday, if you need anything, reach out and I can meet with you virtually, for example. So mm-hmm. I think that um, that's great. But then you also mentioned positive reinforcement messages. And I, I feel like we don't give enough of those out to our students, you know, in class, you got this. But, but we had to pivot with COVID-19 and things are different. And, and we're not used to doing that positive messaging outside of the classroom. And sometimes we just need to hear someone say, our teacher say, you can do this. You got this. Here's a tip. Here's a tool. Hey, I just realized that if you use this, it'll make your citation page easier. You could tell I'm a writing teacher, but, <laughs> but, you know, those things I think uh, really help. And, and again, feeling connected and addressing questions in a timely manner. Um, I like how you talked also about COVID-19 and our changing needs for our students it's not that we weren't communicating with them uh, virtually in some way before it's not that we weren't uh, emailing using the lms announcements with push notifications it's just that our students are used to being in the classroom two three four times a week with us um, maybe only once a week but for three hours and they're not in the classroom with us anymore so for those students who are used to being in a physical space with other students and the teacher, I think this has been extremely difficult. And class updates is one way, uh, one kind of tool that can help us bridge that and make us feel like we're connected on a daily basis a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and for that matter, you know, uh, I even started uh, to allow my students to, just depending on the assignment, um, you know, submit their work, you know, because you can't attach files and, uh, you know, documents and things like that. So um, it's also convenient in that way. Depending on the assignment, you know, I can just say, hey, you know, go interview three people about, you know, their management, their leadership style. For example, I'm teaching a class right now and uh, uh, actually a leadership class right now. But, um, you know, and, and they'll have the ability to um, to actually, you know, if I allow it, right, they can attach the assignment using the app as well. And it's easy for me to see, you know, who's done the assignment, be able to view it, you know, just by opening up the uh, the, the chat, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, mark them off as assignment complete. So, you um, you know, there's there's other other, other uh, benefits as well, and then of course, um, you have the, the the ability to chat, right? So, um, not only can I send updates with to, to to my class, but I can also do you know individual individual check-ins, um, you know, by chatting with my students and mm-hmm. with each other. So there's that camaraderie, which is also important um, right now. You know their ability to be able to chat with each other to be able to chat with the professor uh, of course the chats are private you know they're only between uh, the person and whoever uh, is um, in the chat
0: that's so, great
1: so um, you know don't have to worry about anyone else you know being able to see that communication but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know again that's and the same with the you know the students who chat with each other it's between between the students mm-hmm. um but in, the, in that connection um being able to um stay connected about classwork or about the class in general or about assignments in a in a kind of i guess a safe place a safe space um, you know being able to have that communication you're right there in the app you know and they keep and they keep that communication there as opposed to not to say there's anything wrong with texting or calling things like that, but at least you have a way to keep that communication about whatever it is with the class, or you know, you know, you can you can keep it within the application.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's scary because um, so so as faculty, I always had a hard time with students seeing me during office hours, for example. So I could just check in and see how they're doing. But when I was full-time faculty, you know, you have Five, six, seven classes that you're teaching, and so you have you can't meet with students between classes because you're running to another building to teach your other class, and you hope that they'll come see you during office hours, and that's not necessarily the case. I would hold uh, papers hostage, like you can't get your paper back unless you come to my office, that kind of thing, to try to get them to see me. And this idea of office hours and this traditional way of engagement with faculty, I see the especially with COVID nineteen, it's taught us so much. But I see that breaking away finally, that old school system of engagement. And I'm wondering what what things like this will do for institutions when they look at, um, well, you have to have 10 office hours to see your students. Your students aren't going to office hours. There are other ways of engaging. So it will be interesting to see how the world of academia in terms of some of those rigid structures shifts because our students are not looking for that. They want to sit with you sometimes, of course. But there are other ways of communicating and working together that they prefer most of the time. So, um, so here's a tool that will help with that shift, but is also um, forcing the shift—a <laughs> much needed shift yeah. than that rigid structure.
1: In large part, definitely, yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then the other thing is, you and I are both in Florida. And so I was thinking, so one of the notes I just wrote while you were talking was hurricane season. Um, Mm. I have such a hard time communicating with teens and students um, before a storm hits, once a storm hits, after the storm passes, and just saying things are okay, classes are canceled. I know they get some notifications from the schools, but sometimes they just need to hear from the professor, hey, don't worry about that paper that I said was due Friday, we'll extend it till next Friday so we can get through the storm. Um, and and uh, and hey, just checking to make sure everyone's okay after the storm. And this is a nice tool for that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we when we um, first you know launched in in 2017, mm-hmm. not not uh, not long after we came out in July, there was a hurricane. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but a, a few months after we. Mm-hmm. After we launched, and <clears throat> we 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 saw a nice um, spike in usage at that time. You know, we were first I mean, early on due to what you were saying just now, as far as uh, you know, um, it being a great tool to keep uh, teachers and students informed during you know during the during the natural disaster, during the hurricane, as far as classes being canceled or when classes are back open, et cetera. Um, and, you know, being able to get that communication beyond just, just, you know, an email, uh, or however the, you know, the students communicate. Um,
0: there's another form of communication. <laughs> Let me jump into the next question. Um, we've talked a lot about class updates and what it does and, and tool that we can use to enhance student engagement, which enhances their success in mm-hmm. higher ed. And how we can use it uh, through COVID nineteen, but also through natural disasters, and I guess I'm I'm applying it to a lot of the situations I face every year right? uh, living in Florida. But looking at an app like this, what is the future of class updates of this app and this at startup tech startup? Um,
1: so we want to we, we want to grow and and continue to to develop our application, you know, uh, and and more. Robust ways, you know, uh, obviously pending, um, you know, funding, you know, we are a startup. So, you know, this is, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, we do have plans to hopefully crowd, uh, fund and do a crowdfunding campaign in order to raise capital soon. So that's, that's, um, part of our future plans. And then, <clears throat> you know, with that, um, use that seed capital, uh, to, uh, to grow our team and, uh, and the company, um, especially um, you know, first and foremost, in the area of you know development, further development, um, And uh, we would like to incorporate artificial intelligence AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always been a goal. And so that's uh, you know again when it comes to development, um that's something that you definitely could see um, us leveraging the the power of AI uh, with class updates. Um, and there's multiple things that we could do. Um, so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're flexible as far as the the, the capabilities, but, um, definitely, definitely see artificial intelligence down the line so in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also, um, you know, we plan to, um, you know, we want to be one of the main avenues for, for, uh, communication when it comes to, you know, the higher education space or, you know, the more, I guess, the, the older learner, um, Mm -hmm. there are are ways to, you know, to do that in the K through 12 space. You have your class dojos and, you know, um, uh, and motos and, you know, remind and things like that. But when you get into the higher education space, you don't really see, um, you know, you don't really see um, tools such as ours. Uh, what you do see is, you know, you do have institutions that are doing their own apps on campus that may function similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, what I've seen is they, they aren't uh, that popular you know, a lot of times for whatever reason, um, you know, but most campuses, you know, they'll have kind of like their own version,
0: mm-hmm. kind
1: of I've seen, right, of, of class updates. But then at the end of the day, that's not all campuses, if not all schools, right? And there's a lot of institutions that do need our technology,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially about HBCUs, which is a huge focus for us. Um, um, which is historically black colleges and universities that <clears throat> traditionally lack uh, the resources and the funding that um, PWIs, which is, you know, using acronyms here, private white institution, which yeah. I attend, University of North Carolina, so was a PWI, is a PWI. But, um, you know, um, so I would like to really, um, see more and more HBCUs, you know, u- utilizing um, our app and, and other technologies. And, um, I mean, not just HBCUs, but in particular, you know, again, we're talking about a level playing ground, level playing field when it comes to technology resources and uh, programs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where HBCUs are, are, it, it, you know, it, you know kind of fall behind a little bit. And, you know, we need to make sure to keep that, um, to keep it competitive, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and make sure they're competitive and keep, keep the playing field level. So,
0: um, you yeah. know. But yeah. that's a great point too, because you have some universities that might have the funding, the people and the time to uh, create their own app to use internally, even though I I don't think that that's a good use of of people and time and money when you can outsource, in essence, when you can find something that you can retrofit to your institution that you can use. Um, But then You know, those are your big schools. And then your many schools like HBCUs, they might not have the resources to do that kind of work and yet really um, want or need to engage students in a different way. And so then you have apps that allow for that to happen. They don't have to find the money and the people to build it. And then troubleshoot it and then implement it and then do the updates to it and the upgrades. Um, but you can you can use something. That, so it's a tool that really does level the playing field for a lot of institutions and for cool. students. So definitely. Um, I, I, I want to say there are a lot of listeners who are um, interested in starting their own businesses or startups or are uh, potentially app developers or who have dreamed of this or thought of this. And I wanted to point out some things that I noticed that is really helping you succeed in this venture, all right? So you have a clear audience in mind. You had a clear purpose, not just a passion, but a purpose. You saw that there was a need and you're addressing that gap or need directly clearly authentically you're saying here's the need here's what we how we can um you know fill that need how we can address that need and you um you started out um you know some people might say oh that's too slow it takes too long but you actually build very quickly i think since it's you know you started in 2017 and you have a growth plan you know you started somewhere and you've been increasing your users increasing the knowledge and and you have a growth plan you have an idea of where to go next with it and I think that clarity and having that purpose and being very specific about the need you're serving uh, really helps in the success of a venture but it takes a lot of sweat and tears and time I know it's a lot of work um, but these pieces of the formula these ingredients to this recipe really help uh, make the venture more successful and I thought that that was a great thing to point out for listeners who might be interested in in exploring this kind of journey
1: yeah so um you know you have to be resilient you have to have a a lot of resilience and you know you have to um you know you have to you're gonna get a lot of a lot of no's you're gonna get a lot of people that may not believe in your vision or what you're doing
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you have to have conviction and you have to um you know, um, you know, be confident in in, 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 what you're trying to do, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're trying to solve a problem, and you, 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 have a a way to do that. And you know, every idea is not going to be, you know, viral. It's not going to, you know, be a hit overnight. Um, it takes time. It's not easy, and um, you know, that's the one thing that that me and my team had to realize is like, you know, we're at about 7,000 downloads right now, you know, which is respectable. I mean, is is it 70,000? No, but you know, that we can't, can't let off the, off the pedal, you know, you know, because of that, you know, and it's, unreal, it's unrealistic to think that, you know, um, that you, you, you create something and, in a few years 70,000 100,000 people will have downloaded it you know it's just there's tons of apps tons of them and so um you know that being said you know we've gone through ups and downs but you want to have a a solid team a clear vision um conviction as far as what you're and, and what you're doing and um Just keep your kind of, like I said, just don't let off the gas. Keep your, keep your, keep your, the pedal to the metal, if you will. Um, find creative ways to get your message out there. You know, use social media, use as much, you know, free uh, marketing, social media. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you want to have a presence. You want to make sure to have a social media presence. Um, Get out there, you know, get in front of people, present, pitch. Um, you know, people have different feelings about pitching. So if you if you don't believe in it, then then that's okay. But you do need to get in front of people and, and share share what you're doing, pitch your idea. Um and you know, like you said, it's important that you're actually solving and addressing a problem with whatever you're doing, that you're actually addressing the issue um, and and trying to, uh, you know, and trying to solve it. So, uh, you know, that's kind of my, I guess, preliminary advice. Uh, You you know, there's also going to be, you know, you have to be I said resilient, but you also have to be flexible mm. uh, when it comes to iterating and testing and tweaking and bug fixing and um, changing, uh, you know, different things. Um, as far as the user experience and then on the back end, um, you know, that takes a lot, you know, testing across devices, across platforms, uh, if you have a hybrid app like we do, um, just you know, Android, iOS, um, listening to your customers, getting um, getting good customer feedback, um, those are the things that have gotten us to where we are, you know, to this point, and you know, hopefully, we'll be able to get on a uh, a crowdfunding platform. Yeah where people can invest in class updates for, you know, as little as a hundred dollars and help get us to the next level. Um, and also realize a good return on their investment as well. If we, um, when we get to where we want to get it. So,
0: um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I like that the sharing those success stories
1: People really, uh, can really do well, actually, you know, investing in the right crowdfunding campaign, you know, um, hundred two hundred dollars can turn into thousands of dollars you know especially if, you're, if you invest in the next uber or lyft or whatever that next thing is right class updates um you get in early and you get opportunity um so look for that hopefully again you know all of you will have the opportunity to invest in class updates for probably something as little as small as a hundred dollars and um, you know, the next time or one of one of the next times you bring me on, we'll be hopefully talking about our crowdfunding campaign and yeah, involved in how can people can invest and become owners and you know get equity in in the company. so
0: and here's another thing you're teaching us about is crowdfunding in the tech startup world. Um, it, yeah, so that, that's very helpful for anyone listening and thinking about at startups, the, um, or tech startups, I should say, I said at startups. Um, the, other, the other thing I know, um, you and I had talked a little bit about challenges of having a tech startup, especially when it's an app, uh, challenges with money, with time, but we also um, talked a little bit about challenges of being a founder of color in a, white, in a white dominated app world. So what are some of the challenges of being a founder of color in a white male dominated app world that will help some of our listeners as well as they're jumping into these different ventures? Just, that, that's a difficult topic. I know it's a yeah, big there's, shift, there's, there's, a, it's a, it's a it's new a challenge.
1: Yeah, no, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, a lot of times, you're the only one in the room. You're the only, you know, uh, one at the conference, or one of the only ones, right, at at the conference or in the room. For example, uh, you know, um, I go to a lot of ed tech conferences and and education conferences, and um, in capacity as a founder, you know, I find myself again. I'm I'm, I'm one of one of the only ones you know, in in the room, right? So there's a lack of, you know, uh, inclusion and and obviously access to resources that, um, uh, I should say, as far as people that look like myself. um, And, you know, then just being taken seriously. um, You know, a lot of times, you know, you're not taken serious. You know, because you're you're a minority, or because you're you know the only one, so it's almost like, what are you doing here, or how did you get here? um, You know, uh, and and a lot of times you have to work ten times harder, um, just because you know. So that's a challenge. You have to have you know have that thick skin, if you will, Um, and you know just uh, you know having um or finding you know founder friendly investors that are actually focused on investing in underrepresented founders like myself or minorities is one of the uh, main challenges as well because with that traditional landscape you know traditional um investor (laughs) you know they're not focused on investing in you know, oftentimes they're not focused on investing in minorities or underrepresented founders. So um, that's kind of you know that's systematic in a lot of ways that it needs to change. Mm-hmm. And um, there are venture capitalists, VCs, and angel investors that are um, that are more found, founder founder friendly and that are actually focused on you know, underrepresented founders and founders of color, like, for example, Brian Brackin and Candace Matthews Brackin are, you know, an example of what they're doing with Lightship Capital. And they just raised $50 million, you know, dollars to do just that. So um, I think they did a $25 million raise and like a $23 million raise or something like that. But it's right at $50 million. And the whole mission of Lightship Capital and Brian Brackeen, uh, who's a friend and a colleague of mine, is to invest in underrepresented and minority founders. And so we need more investors like that. I think they just announced an investment a couple of weeks ago. Their first investment um, in a young black man uh, who, has got an awesome startup. Can't remember exactly what the um, what it what it was off the top of my head. You know, but things like that are. Issues and things that we need to see, and things that need to change. So, um, you know, of course, there's 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 more. We could talk about that all day, but um, that's kind of the, uh, you want to say, short answer. Um, you know, to that to that question,
0: and that complicated landscape of venture yeah. capital. Any um, any advice for, you know, this is a this is a critical thing because there are so many challenges that you face. You're trying to uh, create a startup, a tech startup you're trying to address a need that people might not listen to you about that need or they might engagement I think is extremely important but not everyone has the same beliefs we do about the importance of that. And uh, and then challenges because you, you're still working within a very white dominated male white dominated um, uh adventure area the the app world itself and the tech startup and so there's so many challenges and you've been very persistent with your purpose and really serving that need and I'm wondering if you have any advice for our listeners uh whether whatever the challenges are that they're facing in trying to start this a new venture or do you have any advice for our listeners on that end additional advice because you gave us some good tips earlier too
1: (laughs) you know, don't be afraid to reach out, you know, hopefully you have a mentor or don't, you know, try to find one, uh, you know, and, and don't be afraid to, to, you know, to have a mentor or somebody to help you navigate through, um, you know, the things that you're going through, you know, probably it would be good to have someone who's kind of been there and done that. So someone who maybe has success in business, who's failed, who's succeeded, who's, um, already gone through the things that you that you're going to to face. Uh, and so, uh, you know, a lot, you know, as, as many you know, mentors as possible, good mentors. Um, you know, uh, you know, always, always just, you know, keep a growth mindset, you know, and trying to learn and grow and be better and and and, you know, and make your organization better and like i said just listen to the customers listen to your customers and um use the feed use use feedback to help you get better um you know don't take it personally you know use it constructively and um you know just be persistent and believe in what you're doing Mm -hmm. Uh, you know a lot of people you know if you if you know Don't throw in the towel, you know, it's been times and days where we were like, you know, our team was, you know, thought we should be further along or, you know, frustrated because certain things didn't work out or, you know, certain investors changed their mind or, you know, someone said they wanted to invest and they, you know, they didn't for whatever reason, or maybe they weren't even really serious, but those things are going to happen. you just have to stay focused and you have to, um, you know, don't take it personal. You might get a thousand no's but you just need one yes and keep that in mind and you know keep your eyes on the prize. It's all you can do.
0: That's yeah. some great advice um, that we can use for a lot of things in life not just um, with a startup or an venture, but, but wonderful advice to help us stay focused. Um, are there any other uh, things you want to share that I didn't get a chance to ask you about as we close up our interview any last thoughts or words that you might want to share with our listeners
1: well I appreciate the opportunity to come on today hopefully um, I have provided some important and valuable information to those who hear this and the listeners Um, and you know other than the advice I gave just um you know now is a really good time during this pandemic, believe it or not, to think of some innovative, creative ideas and try to um, launch a business or launch a uh, you know startup. You know, um, this pandemic is a perfect time for innovation. It's spawning a lot of innovation. So that's my only advice in closing: is to use this time to uh, create something great and share it with the world that's it for me That's why it's my advice right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great advice for all of us and a lot of these tips and advice will be uh, a different post in social media because i think we need to highlight a lot of the points you made but also in the description for our listeners We'll have some resources for you along with the links to um, help you if you're thinking about doing a tech startup or if you want to learn more about class updates, I'll definitely be there. And uh, information about angel investors and things of that sort. We'll, We'll definitely put those resources for you in the description. You'll see that right under the description with the links to the resources. And Tamanda, I just wanna say thank you because uh, you are really busy with a lot going on and we didn't talk about all those projects but I know you're extremely busy and uh, you took the time out to talk about your journey with Class Updates and your journey as a startup a founder. Uh, and, and I think that, that that information is very helpful for many of us, uh, very enlightening and empowering. So thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: I enjoy being being here. Enjoy being on. Um, I, I'm uh, happy to come on at any time, and um, you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I love the you know the podcast. I'll continue to support you, and I got to hop like you said. I got to get started with Microsoft, but uh,
0: yes, But thank and, you, and definitely I keep me updated so I can keep supporting you.
1: I will. I will, Jackie. Thank you.